whatever you're saving up for. A CD from Sandy Spring Bank lets you grow your savings at a guaranteed rate. Right now, earn interest at 5.50% APY on an 8-month CD special or 5.00% APY on a 14-month CD special. Learn more at sandyspringbank.com slash cdspecials. Minimum opening deposit to earn the annual percentage yield is $500 for the 8-month CD special and $2,500 for the 14-month CD special. Member FDIC. McDonald's presents Burger Reviews by Hamburglar. Today's review, the best ever Big Mac burger. Take it away, Hamburglar. Bravo, bravo. He said, there's more special sauce in every bite. Rubble, rubble. He said, rubble, rubble. Rubble, rubble. Rubble, rubble indeed, my friend. Try the juicier Big Mac and get 20% off any purchase of $10 or more. Only on the app. Comparison to prior classic burgers, limited time only at participating McDonald's. Valid once per day. Excludes tax. Must be opted into rewards. Welcome to Adventures in the Spirit with Jared Lasky. Our hope is that you will be encouraged and equipped through this podcast as we have conversations with friends from around the world. You can subscribe to our podcast and go to our website, firebornministries.com, and sign up for our email list to stay up to date on Fireborn Ministries. And may you have your own adventures in the spirit. And now we hope you enjoy today's podcast. Hey guys, thank you so much for joining into Adventures in the Holy Spirit with Jared Lasky. Guys, I'm excited for what God is currently doing through equipping and empowering people to hear God and prophesy. Before we jump in today's very special episode, I want to encourage you, if you want to hear God and know how to prophesy, then enroll in my e-course, Entry Level Prophecy. It's available for you on charismacourses.com. You'll learn how to hear God. You'll learn how to prophesy how to encourage comfort and edify people every single day and be activated in the prophetic gift because you can hear god you can prophesy and that's what we're talking about today with our very special guest debbie kitterman it's amazing she's got this book called the gift of prophetic encouragement and debbie is an author a speaker and the founder of dare to hear which is a ministry that trains individuals to hear the voice of god she travels to churches internationally and she's got her podcast the dare to hear podcast on the destiny image podcast network and she's ordained as a four square pastor so i want you to welcome debbie kitterman to adventures in the spirit debbie thank you so much for being part uh thank you jared it's such an honor to be here with you tonight oh the honor is all mine but debbie we love to hear people's stories of how Jesus got hold of their life. So how did you come to Christ? How did Jesus get a hold of you? Well, now, I guess that would depend on who you ask. If you ask me or my mom, my mom says I was three year old, three years old when I gave my heart to Jesus at a, a child evangelism club during Christmas time at Mrs. Young's trailer in the trailer court. But I remember um, when I was eight years old, we actually had a five day club from child evangelism fellowship in our backyard. And they came, they gave the whole gospel message. And I had attended some before, but when I was eight years old, uh, I remember doing that in my backyard and I gave my heart to Jesus at that time. My parents um, started taking me to church when I was five. So, you know, it took me a couple years to actually get an understanding of what it was. I probably said yes a whole bunch of times between the time of five and eight, but eight is when I really remember saying yes and being purposeful about saying yes. And then whew, just going to go forward ever since. I love it. That's exciting. And then how are you filled with the Holy Spirit? 
Well, now this is interesting because we grew up in a conservative church that didn't actually believe in the working of the Holy Spirit today. And so it really wasn't until I was in my 20s, in my mid-20s, when um, I prayed a dangerous prayer. I've learned that you should be specific with your prayers when you uh, pray them with God, because what you think he should do and what he actually does are completely two different things. Uh, but he moved us um, out of state. I grew up in Oregon and he moved us out of state to the state of Washington. And in that moving process, we found a church that was in the Foursquare denomination. And it was when I was there that I actually learned about the giftings and the working of the Holy Spirit and was filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit for the first time. Yeah, that's exciting. And you've got this book, The Gift of Prophetic Encouragement. So I was curious, because we love to hear about prophecy, the apostolic healing signs and wonders. We love to hear about Jesus, about the Holy Spirit um, and activating these things. But when did you notice specifically the spiritual gift of prophecy flowing through you? Right. Well, as a kid, I had it. I just didn't have the language to articulate what it was because I didn't know that prophecy was actually for today. I was the kid in youth group that always would raise her hand when we would talk about the spiritual gift in First Corinthians, you know, because that was like the thing that they did. So every year they would go through that part and I'd be like, hey, can we talk about like, what is this um, a word of knowledge and what is prophecy? And I, my youth leader got so, ex he just got so frustrated with me. He took me aside. He's like, we don't believe in that for today. Um, so I've always had this thing in me. People will call me discerning child. I would see things in the spirit. I didn't didn't know what it was back then. Um, so it really wasn't until I was in my mid-20s and I got connected with this Foursquare church and they began to teach about them. And then that's when I realized, wait a minute, I have this gifting of the prophetic. This is what I've been living with my entire life, but nobody could tell me about it. And I just thought, kind of in some ways, I'm like, am I going crazy? Am I seeing things? Am I imagining things? Something is really wrong with me because I would say stuff like, I see this person and people are like, there's nobody there, but I see them. Or I would know things and then I would say something and people were like, you can't know that. And then it would happen, you know? And so people were like, you are strange. And so I would get all these labels growing up as a kid, but it really wasn't until um, in my twenties when I began to understand exactly what it is. And then that prophetic gifting, uh, when I was awakened to what it was and I could put a label on it, then I came fully alive and I just devoured everything and got as much training as possible to really cultivate the gift that had already been inside of me. Yes. And you know, I could identify with you as well. I was dreaming since the age of 12 or 13, and I grew up in a great church that loved the Lord, that loved the word of God. But they said that the spiritual gifts did not exist. And I was like, but God's talking to me. What do I do with this? Uh, and it wasn't until about five, six years later at 17, I, I came to Jesus. And then at 18 was on YWAM and baptized with the Holy Spirit. And then just never the same ever since. But the school of prayer is where we grow the best through it. Uh and, and you talked about in your book being submitted, committed, you know, which we yeah. desperately need in this day and age. But you, you mentioned how you have the you're able to see or have these knowings as a kid. But um, how what are some other ways that God speaks to you, how you hear his voice? Right. Well, God speaks in a variety of ways. And it's interesting that you talk about dreams, right, because you um talked about how God spoke to you in dreams. I was dreaming as a kid all the time, but I didn't know it was God. And so looking back, when I first began to hear from God, I was dreaming all the time. And then I realized, wait a minute, these are messages from God. And I've watched how he's taken not just the dreams, but 
um, as I began to step out to minister prophetically and to give encouraging words to people, um, he would give me one word. But the main way that I hear from God is to see or through dreams and visions. Um, and then I'm also a feeler or a discerner. So um, and that's really hard because it's like impressions. Like, how do you explain what you're sensing or feeling when you have nothing um, around it. But he can, he speaks through music and movies. Oh, I love to go to the movies. And people are always like, wait, he speaks through movies. Yes. Yes. He can make a movie really good or he can make a good movie really bad, depending on what he wants to say through it. And uh, so that's kind of one of the ways he speaks through nature. And um, you can see a whole bunch of ways that God speaks in the scriptures, um, in some dreams, visions, angels, um, words of knowledge, just different ways. So we're all unique. We all hear differently, but the fact is, is that we all hear. That's right. We all do. If we can hear God, then we can at least be at entry level, encourage, comfort, and edify people. And there's a difference with the prophetic ministry and the prophetic office and, and those things. But what is prophetic encouragement? Cause you've got this book, the gift of prophetic encouragement. Can you expand on that? Yeah, I can expand on that. So um, because I am an encourager at heart. I've always been that. Right. But the gift of prophetic encouragement takes two scriptures. It talks about first Corinthians 14, where Paul says, I want you to eagerly desire all of the spiritual gifts, but especially the gift of prophecy, because it's going to encourage, exhort and build up the body of Christ. And then we take first Thessalonians 511 that says, encourage one another every day, as long as it's called today. And I'm I be, one of the things that that conservative church background gave me is a foundation in the word, right? So when God is saying something or he tells us to do something, I I take it to heart. And so I want to step into that. I want to um, be an encourager at heart. And so prophetic encouragement really is hearing the voice of God is taking it beyond natural encouragement, right? Because you can see when somebody's having a bad day and you want to encourage them. But prophetic encouragement is basically hearing from God. It's what is God saying about this person? It's hearing God's heart for this person and releasing it into situations in people's lives. I love it. That's so good. So within a church context, I mean, I know that when we start practicing these things, you know, we start training people, you know, different ministries such as yours and mine, we have training for this. But um, how do you equip people to do it publicly or while they're shopping? <laughs> yes. So I am because I am all about doing marketplace ministry. I think the church needs to be the church in the church and outside of the church. Okay. Um, and, you know, my husband and I are senior pastors of a church. And so they're like, what? You want us to go do something outside? Yes. The church needs to be the church outside the doors of the church because people won't actually come in. So we take them through how you actually hear from God. And then um, when I'm training, I, I'm a hands on activation. Activations are my jam. I love it. It's the way that I learn. Um, Show me how to do it by letting me do it. I'm that type of learner. And so um, throughout um, my Bible study and the book, The Gift of Prophetic Encouragement, I have activations for people to take them from the very beginning and kind of baby step them all the way through to actually giving words in the marketplace. And we kind of do the same thing when we're training people in the church too. let's hear from God. What is God saying to us? Right? Because if we can't hear God for us, then we shouldn't be expecting to hear God for other people. And so we need to hear God for us. And then we need to hear God for other people because he wants us to encourage them. He wants us to share things with other people. Amen. That's so good. And you mentioned four purposes of prophecy. Can you expand on that for us? I can. I can. This is one of my favorite things to talk about because um, 
a lot of times we'll just camp on that first Corinthians 14, right? That it's to strengthen, encourage, and comfort. And it is that. And so that's number one. It is to strengthen, encourage, and comfort. Basically, we're building people up. We're literally putting courage in them and we're cheering them up or consoling them with something. And that's the first one, that first Corinthians 14, where Paul says, I want you to eagerly desire this, all the gifts, but especially this gift. The second one, which is the less talked about one in first Corinthians, Corinthians 14 is if you go all the way down to verses 24, 25, 26, right in there, it talks about that prophecy is going to reveal the secrets of people's hearts. Yes. And people are like, what? God's going to tell you my deepest, darkest secrets? No. Well, okay, sometimes, but no, that's not what it's about, right? The purpose of prophecy in this context is to actually um, not embarrass someone, but it's actually to get them to be aware that God knows them. He knows exactly who they are and he's speaking right to them. It's kind of revealing their heart. It's showing them God is real. He knows you personally. And this is what he has to say to you. And when this happens, because you read that scripture and it says that when an unbeliever comes in your midst and prophecy is operating to its fullest, they're going to be convicted and convinced that God is really real. They're going to fall down on their face and they're, they're basically going to change from their wicked ways. That's what it says, right? So prophecy, when done in this type of environment, softens and changes a person's heart. Because the question that I get, I don't know about you, Jared, you teach in the prophetic, right? So when you're ministering to somebody in the marketplace, the first question you get when you give them a word is, how did you know that? That's what they ask. Well, actually, I didn't know that. I just know how to hear from God. And that's what he said, because he knows you. And so that's number two, is to reveal the secrets of people's hearts, not to um, embarrass them or bring them shame, but really to convince them and convict them um, with the Holy Spirit that God is real. Oh, that's so good. And you you mentioned in your book that you have to be submitted, committed, and connected. Yeah. So I I love Holy Spirit. I love Jesus. I love the scripture. For some reason, it seems like a lot of prophetic people tend to be rejected, hurt, and not submitted, committed, you know, connected. Can you speak into that? Like it's more like there are people I love. It's like, hey. Guys, you know, get submitted, you know, plug in somewhere. Don't be uh, alone. Can you can you encourage people? Someone who might be prophetic has been rejected. And absolutely. I think we can all sign up. We can all check that box. If we operate in the prophetic at some point, we can all check that box. I'd love to talk about this. In fact, this is one of my um, least favorite to write, but the most important to talk about for prophetic individuals. Um, can I really throw out number three and four from the thing before? Because oh, yeah. myself, it was to bring to pass what God has spoken and move God's people into obedience for the other four. I'm sorry, we got so carried away that I forgot to finish that. So, um, but submitted, committed, connected. Like I used, when, when we first got married, I said to my husband, if you think I'm going to be that submitted wife, you've got another thing coming, right? Because I think that's the, like we have this bad idea of what submitted mission is because of the way that the scripture is taken out of context. But the fact is, is that we need to be submitted one to another. Scripture is very clear about prophets and, and in the office of prophet, right? That they're supposed to submit to one another and that they submit their prophecies to each other for 
testing of the spirits and testing of the prophecy. And it is the same way with us in the body of Christ. We need to be submitted, committed, and connected. We need to be submitted and defer to one another. We need to honor and respect one another. And then we need to be committed, which is something that is actually missing, I think, in our world today. I mean, I tell the story in my book about my kids and about how they would they would start with um, a sport and then they decide that they didn't want it. And I'm like, sorry, but you've made a commitment to your team and your coach and you can't back out now. You have to finish the season. And so what I see today that a lot of people are like, oh, you don't like that? Oh, well, you can just walk away from that. And so we've not taught people that your commitment and your word matters. And it matters so much. Um, especially in the context of church, right? That we submit and defer to one another, right? That we honor and respect one another. Um, not that one is more important than another, but that we actually have different positions and that we refer to and respect and honor those. And then the committed piece, which we talked about, right? And then the connected. It is so important that we stay connected. We want to stay connected because if we're not connected with other people, then what we're what I I call the the Lone Ranger prophet or somebody who's going out there to do prophecy on their own. And then they never have any accountability. They never have anybody that they're submitted, committed and connected with. And I have a group of people here. Um, In fact, some of my spiritual grandfathers, one of them has passed away, but he was hurt incredibly by church because he would get something and he would say it and they go, what do you want me to do with that? Or it would be opposite of the direction they were going. And so they never really listened to him and he could never really articulate. Papa Carl is, is who he was. He, he could never articulate. They'd be frustrated. He'd be frustrated and he'd go away hurt and angry and say, I'm never going to say anything to them again until God gave him something else. And then he'd say something and they're like, why do you do this? And then, and then, so he, I learned from him. He's like, learn from my mistakes, which is something I always tell my kids, learn from my mistakes. If I've walked down this road, you shouldn't have to do that. I've already paid a price for something. So learn from my mistakes, be submitted, be committed, be connected. It is so important in the body of Christ, not just in prophecy, but in the body of Christ together, but especially in prophecy yeah. because people get hurt too. a lot. Yes. So the other day I was flying on my way to Oregon, my, my home state. Yeah. And uh, there was a young man on the flight from Phoenix to Eugene. And he was, we, we got to talking. Uh, I had a book, a Christian book, and I knew we're going to have a divine encounter. We're going to have a conversation. The Holy Spirit's going to move. And there are other things that the Holy Spirit had already shown me about this, but about him. He was a great guy. Burned out missionary kid. You know, been through the ringer, you know, he, but he still loves Jesus. He's got some struggles in his life, but he was telling me about, you know, he was raised in a conservative denomination, but he was telling me about how he feels things. He sees things. And before we landed, I said, well, you know, I believe God's going to speak to you right now. So how many angels do you see on this plane? And Anyway, he saw them. I confirmed where they're at. And he's like, oh, my gosh, what was taken? Even now, my hand's on fire talking about it. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. You know, he was blown away by what God was doing. And I was like, hey, you see, but you need, as I said, you need to plug in somewhere. You need to find a place to plug in so that your gifts aren't manipulated and misused. Because those things can happen. They can um, happen. You and I have seen that, unfortunately. Now. Uh, five, six days later, I'm flying from Eugene 
back to Phoenix, he's on the plane a few seats ahead of me to the right. So we connected real quick in, in the terminal. But this couple behind me, you know, they're, I, it's one of those things like I recognize them, don't know where. And then she asked me, are you Jared Lasky? Like right behind me. I was like, yeah, turns out I went to Bible college. They're a couple of years ahead of me at Eugene Bible college. We had a conversation the entire time. And then I was, you know, we're giving testimonies, catching up on the last 20 years or so. And then I was like, well, how many angels do you see on this or you know, see on this plane. And she, she didn't see him, but she could sense them. And she pointed them out. I was like, absolutely. And then I pointed it out. She's like, absolutely. So, you know, this is every day. So um, to lead an unbeliever, Mm -hmm. say you're doing prophetic evangelism and you're, you know, say a a cashier, barista, flight attendant, Mm -hmm. how would you lead them in delivering a, a word of knowledge, a word of prophecy to them? Right. Um, well, because I teach on that. And what that's one of the things is that we have to understand that God want, is speaking all the time. We just have to pay attention. In fact, we're a gift. We're a gift. I, this is a phrase that I use all the time is we're a gift to people so we can be the gift and we can change the world one word at a time. And people are always like, what do you mean you can change the world? Well, actually, God has made you to be a gift for somebody else. So you have to make yourself available. And then I have a whole bunch of different ways and different things. And one of the ways that I teach people is, okay, if you're um, standing in the grocery store checkout line and you know, you got somebody in front of you and you're like, I want to uh, minister to this person. I want to minister to the cashier when I'm going there. Lord, what do you want to say? And some people panic. I don't know. I need time. I got to write it out. So I always tell them, um, Okay, so look around you and see what is there because God will give you the opportunity to use objects that are everyday. That's a lot of the stuff that I do um, when I activate people is I give them every common day objects, right? So when we're standing at the cashier um, checkout line, what do you usually see, Jared, when you go to the grocery store? Yeah, the, ch- the candy aisle. The candy aisle. And what's your favorite candy? Oh, right. Uh, right. I'm, I'm a little yeah. ketogenic, but if I weren't keto, it'd be the Hershey's cookies and cream. The Hershey's cookies and cream. Okay. So when you think about the Hershey's cookies and cream, right? So your eyes going to go there and you're like, okay, Lord, well, what, how can I actually use this to minister to this person? But what is more comforting, right? Than milk and cookies. And so you could go, oh, wait, okay, the Lord wants to bring comfort to this person today. So, Lord, what do you want me to say to this person? And so maybe you fashion a blessing or maybe you fashion something else. In fact, that's one of the that's my next book is fashioning blessings just like this. So I'm glad you brought this up is you could fashion a blessing based on the cookies and cream candy bar that you find in there about God bringing them comfort. Just like when they're sitting down with a warm cup of milk and a cookie and they're dunking it in there, that it brings them comfort and the feeling of home. But how much better is the heavenly father, the place of comfort to go to receive exactly what they need. And so you could begin to speak to them around that and you could speak prophetically over them with that. And for, you know, for me, I, I like the three musketeers, right? And so yeah. it's like all for one and one for all. And so that's like kind of this champion mentality, but we're all in this together. We're community. And so there's all kinds of things that you could pick up with the candy or the chips or the gum or whatever there that you can use. God God allows us to take those things um, because we may be in a moment of panic, like, oh, we need to say something to this person, but what do we say? 
Now, if I'm at, if I'm at the uh, restaurant or I'm getting my coffee done by the barista, it usually takes them. I don't do coffee. I know Pacific Northwest, but I do tea and, and I will have a pumpkin spice latte one time during this season. But um, I will think about, um, you know, okay, Lord, I want to be intentional. I want to bless. So I'm going to um, be aware when I step in the minute that I step in or I drive up to that place. And then I'm going to ask God, what do you want to say specifically to this person? And, you know, there might be something on their clothing or something that I can pick up on that I can do them. But, but because my gifting has accelerated from when I first started, I can actually hear God and I can deliver something. And usually he gives me something that they've been asking recently or some um, thing that they are struggling with. And then I kind of say, I always say this. So um, can I just ask you a question? And then they'll go, sure. You know, cause we're having a conversation. They're making my coffee. They're taking my money. Have you um, been considering doing such and such? I don't come out and say, I'm a prophet and here's the word from the Lord because we're in the marketplace and most people, even in the church, don't understand what that means. So I start a casual conversation and from there, I actually then can deliver the message from the Lord. My job is to be attentive to what the Lord is saying and listen to his heart so I can release his heart to the person that is standing in front of me that needs ministry. Oh, I love that. But just that, wow, I love that. You know, that reminds me of a story. I was with a, a friend of mine, uh, Josh Grimes, and we're at an IHOP. And I got to summarize the story, but we're ministering to our, our waitress. And I just knew that she was going through a hard time. And I, I told her, we're having a conversation. I told her, does a butterfly mean make any sense to you? She stops. She pulls out her phone. She pulls up a, a butterfly that she's drawing as a tattoo to honor the baby she miscarried a month before. Wow. And the Holy Spirit ministered. We ministered, prayed over her. And then Josh tipped her $100. She <laughs> ran into the kitchen. She told people. She downloaded, downloaded an app my ministry had. It was amazing. But Debbie... You love to activate people in the prophetic. Can you leave us in an activation? Yeah, absolutely. And let me just say this. When you're ministering in the marketplace to people and, and they are doing a job for you and you can tip them, you need to tip them well, just yeah. like your friend did. Because... Christians have a bad name when it comes to tipping and God is generous. And so I love what your friend Josh did um, because that's exactly what it is. It's the heart of God to bless them abundantly, not just in words and the fact that God knows her, but to bless her financially too, because that's kind of the uh, language of our economy, right? So, okay. So I was thinking about this and I have lots of activations all through both of my book and my Bible study and even my um, training manual because that's who I am. And I was like, okay, how am I going to do this with people online? And one of the things that I do is um, I have this activation called a picture is worth a thousand words. And basically what that is, is that it's kind of a way to activate you in seeing 
visions or pictures. Um, and some people it's natural to them and some people it's not. But what we need to do is make space for the Holy Spirit to allow us to receive messages from him in our imagination. Now we need to submit our imagination and have a sanctified imagination submitted to Christ, right? Because we can get ourselves in there from what we let in. But what we want to do is we just want to ask the Lord to just lead us and guide us and give us um, visions and pictures so that we can minister to people, just like the picture of the butterfly that you got for the waitress. And so one of the ways to do that is actually with a picture. So I, I have a couple pictures. And what I like to do is I like to take people through this progress. But the first thing I want to do is um, I want people to that are watching this, just kind of close your eyes. And I'm going to see a word and I want you to imagine that in your mind. And then if you are watching live or even if you're watching the replay, you can actually type what it is. And then Jared and I are going to do this together. Okay. So um, the word that I'm going to give you is an apple. So can you see that apple? Okay. So Jared, what color is your apple? It's um, Granny Smith green. Oh, mine too. I love it. Okay. So is your apple um, sitting in a kitchen? Is it on a tree? Is it in the grocery store? Can you see that apple and where is it? Or is it just kind of floating in space? It's kind of floating. Okay. And mine is on the tree. Okay. And so this is how we can begin to activate. See, it's that easy to receive pictures from the Lord by saying, Lord, I'm ready and able and willing to receive what you have for me. Just like when I said, an apple, you can immediately see something in your mind's eye or on the screen of your imagination, because that's how God uses our imagination. That's how he speaks to us is in our minds. It's like the people on the airplane that can sense or feel the um, angelic activity and the angels in the plane, that they're not seeing them like flesh and blood. It's in the mind of their imagination in their spiritual eyes. Okay. So then I have, and I, hopefully you can see this. Can you see what that is? Oh yeah. Okay. So this is a box of chocolate, right? But what do you see in this? Where does your eye gravitate towards, Jared? Um, well, it's your right and my left. So uh, there's the one with the purple on it. Yeah. All right. Now, if I was going to say to you, if a picture is worth a thousand words and you were going to write a prophetic word or a prophetic message from God about this box of chocolate and your eye gravitated towards the one in purple, what might you fashion as a prophetic word based on this picture? I'd start with a scripture. Taste and see that the Lord is good, that he gives you the desires of your heart. And Absolutely. I'll just keep flowing. I guess. Yeah. And then it just kind of flows from there, right? So we take something that is a picture and then it goes from there. And so you can do this in your house. People have art and pictures and things everywhere, or we're looking in magazines. And what this does is this kickstarts us with the ability to say, God, we want we have a hunger to receive visions and pictures and messages from you in this way, because then what happens is we take these, these pictures away and then we just receive a vision from God. And what I say to people as we are going through this picture, picture is worth a thousand words is see, there's no right or wrong answer because you gravitated towards the one that's in the purple. I gravitate towards the one that's in the gold and what it is, is the gold, right? Taste and see that the Lord is good. However, the glory of the Lord is all around you and he's got good things hidden just for you. Right. I, re I received so, that. Yeah. 
So right now. Exactly. Yeah. So it's just based on the, okay. So this is one of my other favorite ones that I love to do. So can you see this one? Okay. So what do you see when you see this? The bear. Okay. And, and is it, is, what about the bear? He's, he's going for, for lunch. He's going for lunch. Right. So some people will see this and they'll be terrified. And they'll say, ooh, be careful. Don't go too far over. Or they're terrified of the bear, right? But with this, what does it speak to you that he's going for his lunch? So how could you, if a picture is worth a thousand words and that's what you gravitated to, what could the word be about? And with that, it's just, you know, that you need to go for, that the Lord is providing things for you. But you have a job to actually actively go after and get into the river to receive the things that God has for you. So good. Isn't that good? That's so fun. Okay, so this is okay. This is my last one, and then we're going to take it another step further, right? So I love this one because I always get when we do this one in class, people always give me the most interesting things, right? Because you're like, am I the fish or am I the cat? I'm not sure which one do I want to be, but I always love this. So what? It, what? When you see this, what do you gravitate towards, and what comes to mind? The cat. And what about the cat? Um. I like cats. So they're comforting. I love to pet cats. Yeah. And it's like this natural curiosity too, right? He's not out to, in my mind, he's not out to devour the fish because his paw would be in there, but he's like, Hey, I want to check you out. But what if it is that maybe people feel like the fish in this fishbowl, right? That they feel like things are coming in or people are watching them or maybe God is out to get them. But in fact, they actually are surrounded and protected and God is watching over them. So good. Yeah. Is worth a thousand words. And so then the next step of that activation is I usually say to people, okay, I'm going to put on worship music or you can wait till you go to church, you know, if you're in church. And what I want you to do is I want you to say, okay, God, who do you want me to bless today? Right. And maybe it's somebody in your family. Maybe he wants to give you the blessing. Maybe it's somebody he's going to point out when you go into church or that you see online because we're in COVID. Right. So when you see somebody online in the online chat, but when you're in worship, purposefully ask God, God, I am I want to receive a vision or a picture from you that I can bless somebody with or that you would speak to me. And then it just kind of flows. And what we have to do is just like we saw the apple in our eye the minute I said that is that you begin to imagine and ask God in your imagination, what is this? And then how can I, you write down the picture and you look at everything, right? You take the time and you look at everything and then you just kind of begin to hear the father's heart. And then you get this prophetic message because every time God speaks, he's going to, to bring it down to a message. Just like the woman that you ministered to with the butterfly, that was the way in, it was the open door for you to go in, Jared, to say, does a butterfly mean anything to you? And then she said, yes, she opened the door and you're like, wait a minute, here's this message from God. And it just is us being available to hear the farthest heart so that we can release his truth, his life and his light to people that need it. So good. Thank you so much for listening to our conversation and adventures in the spirit. We hope that this podcast encouraged and inspired you to press into Jesus and launches you into your own adventure. You can stay up to date with Fireborn Ministries by going to our website, firebornministries.com and like us on Facebook. And may you have your own adventures in the spirit. 
From iHeart Podcasts, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case Roe v. Wade. Starring Maya Hawke as 26-year-old lead attorney Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. Listen to the podcast Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. 